Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Today is part one of our positional breakdown where we cover top threes, breakouts, busts, and sleepers. So we're going to take a look today at our top three quarterbacks, our quarterback breakout, our quarterback sleepers, and our quarterback bust. So uh, without further ado, Greg, why don't I guess we're going to do something a little bit different. I guess normally when you do a countdown, you jump, you go from three down to two, down to one. But Greg and I both agree on quarterbacks one and two. Um, so we're going to start with quarterback one um, and just take it from there. Yeah, I think it's a, a no-brainer here. I'm going to throw my man Patty, Patrick Mahomes, uh, finished his QB one last year. Had a 66% completion percentage, 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, so a 4-to-1 touchdown interception ratio, over 5,000 passing yards, and the man also added 272 yards rushing, so he's got a little something there as well. Yeah, and this is an easy one. I mean, Pat Mahomes, um, I mean, he dude's an absolute stud. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing left to be said. Um, the guy's got a rocket launcher for a right arm. Um, he's athletic as all hell. Uh, he makes plays outside the pocket. He's extending plays. And then you look at the offense that he's in, uh, headed by Andy Reid, who's one of the, you know, the offensive masterminds of our, of our football generation. Um, he's He's got weapons in Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And, um, you know, they just drafted Cole Hardman in the, in the first round. He's got uh, running backs like we talk about, Damian Williams. Um, but just, again, this this – you know, every single week he's going to be in a, in a high over-under game. The Chiefs are projected to be one of the, the top scoring offenses in the league this year. Uh, I think this is just a no-brainer. Uh, I I will give some caution that while he is the, the number one quarterback, um, he's going as such. Um, he is a third-round ADP, which um, – Again, is a little bit too high for me, but I, I generally do not subscribe to the notion of, of uh, taking quarterbacks early. Um, but you know, if we're not, if we expect him to throw 50 touchdowns um, and have and repeat that 8.6% touchdown rate, um, then we're going to be wildly mistaken if, if we think that's happening. I personally don't think that's going to happen, Greg. I don't think you believe that's going to happen. Um, but without a shadow of a doubt, this is our number one quarterback. Yeah, for sure. If you just look at him, even with a 10 to 20 percent regression in his numbers, he's still quarterback one. So you you gotta expect him to give you uh, maybe that 35, 30 to 35 touchdown mark with about 4,000 passing yards, which would still put him at a, a upper echelon of quarterbacks that you want to take in fantasy. All right, Greg. So why don't you tell the people who we got at number two? Uh, you already know. Got my man Deshaun Deshaun Watson. I actually first had him in my waivers. Picked him up two years ago when he first came on the scene, and then he actually tore his ACL. So it uh, uh, hurts for me, but I'll probably try to get, 
get him in maybe a league here or there. Finishes QB4 last season with a 68.3% completion percentage, 26 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, so over a 2.8 TD interception ratio. Had 4,000, over 4,000 passing yards at 4,165, but where his uh, money is being made at 551 yard rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. That's a good number. Yeah, I mean, personally for me, I will have um, only my one uh, my one Deshaun Watson dynasty stock. Um, he is going in the fifth round of drafts, um, which again is okay. It's just, you know, not, not for me. Um, you know, in the fifth round, I'd rather, you know, look at positions like running back or wide receiver. Um, but again, Deshaun Watson, there's no argument for me here. Uh, he's he's absolutely the, the second wide the second running or, wow two positions. He's the second quarterback in fantasy uh, behind none other than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's got that that Konami code upside with the rushing. Um, you know, I, I think part of the people's um, part of people's concern with Lamar Miller is the lack of rushing touchdowns. Um, over the over the last few years, but that's directly tied to Deshaun Watson, who uh, who takes a large chunk of those uh, Houston Texans red zone rushing opportunities. So um, yeah, he's the number two he's the number two quarterback, you know, without question in my opinion. Um, but this is where the fun starts, Greg, because number three is where we do not agree. So uh, why don't you tell the people who you got at number three, Greg? Uh, think. Coming into this year, feeling kind of lucky. So I'm going to go with my man, <laughs> Andrew Luck. He uh, finished his QB5 last year, also with a 67% completion percentage, had 39 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, over 4,500 4, passing yards with, uh, you know, not as much rushing yards as you expect, but you don't expect that from Andrew Luck. He's throwing that ball. He's getting touchdowns. He actually had zero rushing touchdowns last year, which is odd. He only had one prior season without zero rushing touch- with zero rushing touchdowns. Yeah, five minutes for a year, so maybe you can get a little bit here or there, which would be a huge plus for you. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Luck, I've, I've always been a fan of Andrew Luck, the player, the prospect. Um, I think one of the things people forget, though, is Andrew Luck is a really good athlete. Um, when he was coming out of Stanford, um, he ran you know, sub he ran sub 4.7 in the 40. Um, he was on par in terms of athleticism with Cam Newton. Um, maybe not the same physical specimen that Cam Newton is, but in terms of um, an athlete playing quarterback, he's big, strong, athletic kid, mobile. He can move, man. Um, I think last year we saw, um, you know, what this, what the Colts could be with Andrew Luck really throwing the ball. Um, you know, being the focal point of that of that Indianapolis Colts offense, um, and, and kind of, you know, Frank Reich, who who is of the Doug Peterson. Uh, you know, coaching tree of the Andy Reid coaching tree um, is really big into analytics, just as the Eagles are. Um, and, and the Eagles or the Colts rather um, knew that it was it was more beneficial to their offense to throw the ball a lot more on first down, which would uh, which would leave them out of second and long passing situations, which would leave Andrew Luck from getting killed um, by opposing defensive lines. So I, I would look for Frank Reich to continue to uh, design a system that's predicated on uh, Andrew Luck's ability as a passer. Um, you know, he, the guy the guy was dropping back almost 60 times a game last year, and if, if you're in, you're just going to get fantasy production off the volume alone. 
Um, and I, again, as we mentioned before, we expect the Colts to score a lot of points. We expect them to be one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, and I would expect Andrew Luck to be a, a, one of the, the predominant reasons as to why. Yeah, just, you know, make my case of why. I think Andrew Luck, I love him this year. Uh, they have a guy like T.Y. Hilton who's already balling in camp. They have Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron to create those opportunities again for him in the red zone. But I think Marlon Mack and Naheem Himes, the running game has to be healthy and good for him to be more of an efficient quarterback. To see those pick numbers come down, if you look at the games last year with Marlon Mack out, he threw 53 times, then 40, then the 62 times, and then 59 times. It's a lot of attempts. It's a lot of passes. I think with Marlon Mack in there, it kind of stabilizes that offense a little bit and helps him out. And you also added a guy like Devin Funches, a tall guy, to throw in the red zone, maybe get that touchdown number up, and also the freaking nature, Paris Campbell out of Ohio State. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rookie, rookie wide receivers is what I just heard. <laughs> um, all right, well, Greg, while I do agree with your sentiment that Andrew Luck's going to have a good year, um, I think Andrew Luck's going to have a slightly – worse year than uh, my number three quarterback. And uh, I know a friend of ours is going to be really excited about this, but Carson Wentz, um, my number three quarterback uh, for this season. And the reason why I have Carson Wentz rated as my number three quarterback is if you look at Carson Wentz last year, um, in the 11 games that he played, he was on pace. uh, Well, he had 401 pass attempts and 3,074 yards, 21 touchdowns. That puts him on a 16-game pace of 583 pass attempts, 4,471 yards, and 30 touchdowns. Now, if we compare that to Carson Wentz's MVP caliber season in 2017, right? Again, that he was injured that year too as well. He only played 13 games. But if you take that pace out to 16 games, he was on pace for 541 pass attempts, 4,056 yards, and 40 touchdowns. So Again, last year he was on pace for more pass attempts, for more yardage, slightly lower touchdowns. Um, his touchdown rate dropped from 7.2% to about 5% last year. Um, but again, you know, obviously we're you know, 40 touchdowns in the NFL is a lot of touchdowns. Um, typically, the, a, a good year we see around 30, and he was on pace for that in a bad year. Um, I think, I believe he's healthy this year. The Eagles have invested heavily into the offensive line. They drafted offensive tackle Andre Dillard, who, if you ask some, was the best pass-protecting offensive tackle in the draft. They traded up to draft him in the first round. Um, and, again, he's got all his weapons back. He's got Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, who's, who's healthy again this year, by the way, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Dallas Goddard, the second-year breakout tight end, um, who, while may not have much fantasy production, will be uh, – Will be will be useful in that in that Philadelphia Eagles offense when they go to two tight two tight end sets, um, and in addition they added Deshaun Jackson via free agency, who I think adds that speed element that the uh, the Eagles have, have sorely missed in their offense in the last two years. If you look at um, last year, they brought in Mike Wallace. They even tried they even attempted to uh, make a trade for Robbie and for Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson. So clearly they've been they've been looking for that deep threat, and now they get Deshaun Jackson. Who has who showed us last year in Tampa Bay that he still got it uh, catching passes from the likes of Jameis Winston and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, so I think that adds a, an element to the offense that was sorely missed in the past. And then also they've added J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, a uh, rookie wide receiver who was drafted in the second round this year, um, who I believe to be uh, 
Alshon Jeffrey is replace, replacement. So even if you are concerned Alshon Jeffrey doesn't make it through a whole season, maybe he's hurt. Um, then, then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who while he may not, um, again, rookie wide receiver here, but this guy, he's got size. He's 6'3". He played at Stanford. He's got red zone prowess. Uh, so I believe that he, he kind of fits that um, – that Alshon Jeffrey mold and, and could could add value there if uh, if Alshon were to go down. Um, but also, I'm hoping that this increased health that uh, Carson Wentz is gonna is gonna experience also leads to some rushing upside. In 2017, he averaged almost five rush attempts per game for an additional two for an additional 23 rushing yards, as opposed to last year when he was injured with with the back issue and coming back coming off the torn ACL, he had three rush attempts for an average of eight and a half yards a game, right? So he clearly wasn't healthy. He clearly wasn't himself. Um, again, we're not saying he's going to have, you know, Russell Wilson or Cam Newton type rushing production. But again, Carson Wentz, similarly to Andrew Luck, is someone that was seen as a, as a pretty good prospect coming out. Um, and you add that rushing floor upside to his, uh, to his game, and I think that we're on to something here. And then on top of all of this, uh, Doug Peterson – has been under the Eagles under Doug Peterson have been a, a team that's been 59% pass to 41% run. So, and they're actually 60% in what we call neutral game script. So when the game is tied, the Eagles are calling pass 60% of the time. So that's who they're That's inherently as an offense who they want to be. Right. So um, you could talk to me about Carson Wentz's injury risk, or, you know, maybe he's not healthy. Um, and maybe that's why, you know, maybe that's why you'll take other quarterbacks ahead of him. But then we talk about ADP. I haven't even brought up the price yet, right? Carson Wentz is going at the top of the eighth round. He's going as QB eight. And you can have him in the ninth round of some drafts, right? So this is a guy that has he – was, he was on pace to finish as the QB one in 2017. Um, and, you know – this, this guy has QB1 upside, and he's getting drafted after guys like Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, and Kyler Murray. Um, so when you consider the price, I'm completely okay with whatever injury risk you might, you know, people might have in terms of Carson Wentz. Because you're not paying a third or fourth or a fifth round pick, or, you know, for this guy that could potentially finish as the number one quarterback when it's all said and done. Yeah, fantasy is all about regular season here. And then, you know, this man hasn't had a, a playoff start yet. So uh, he's definitely going to produce for you during the regular season, during the fantasy season. Uh, talk about uh, a guy like Dallas Goddard. That man is an instant tight end handcuff. God forbid anything happens to Zach Ars. He's a pretty good player. He's very talented. And, yeah, I expect a lot from uh, Carson Wentz this year. Uh, as a Giants fan, I'm pretty much a personal hater of him. But he is a good player. He's a former MVP of this league. And he, for the price that he's going right now, around eight, uh, it's pretty good. All right, Greg. So um, I, I already know the answer. But why don't you tell the people who your breakout at, court, at the quarterback position is? You talk about the guys that are going – uh, that Carson Wentz is going after, and I think one of those guys that's going to be the breakout is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick in last year's draft, this year's draft, actually. Uh, this man, I think, is going to be a, a – he's a freaking nature athlete. He played baseball. He was a first-round draft pick in that. He's also a first overall pick in football. He has the potential to be a top-five fantasy quarterback, and I think that because of the place play that they're going to have, because of the high-scoring games that they're going to have, of the rushing element, the dual threat 
uh, element that he's going to bring. I think he has all the tools to be that guy you need uh, week in and week out. I wouldn't, uh, you know, panic on him maybe in the first couple weeks if he starts to struggle. But uh, I think after that, after he settles in a little more, just based off fantasy numbers, he'll he'll get you what he needs to do. You don't have to be a very, you know, good quarterback for your rookie year to be a very solid fantasy quarterback. So I think Colin Murray is going to be a guy you're looking at with the the Bakers where they're being drafted and at the top in, or Andrew Luck and Rodgers next year going like the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, um, I, I can't hate that one at all. I actually I, I wanted to put Kyler Murray down as my breakout. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't now so that, you know, you could have this opportunity to speak on him. Um, I think when it comes to Kyler Murray, I agree with everything that you said. Uh, I think that, you know, we're, we're looking at a, a quarterback here um, who – is going to be a dual threat. Um, he's going to be the focal point of this offense. Um, you know, we look, we have a coach here in Cliff Kingsbury who, um, and this is the part that I find interesting about Kyler Murray. Um, it has nothing to do with Kyler Murray's offensive situation. It has nothing to do with Kyler Murray himself. It has everything to do with Cliff Kingsbury. Because um, I look at Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, I see a coach that wanted a player since that coach was in, since that player was in high school. Kyler Murray or Cliff Kingsbury was trying to recruit Kyler Murray to come play football for him uh, while he was at Texas Tech. He could not convince Kyler Murray to come play for him. But even after, even years after this, um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury went out of his way to say that while he was still the head coach of Texas Tech, went out of his way to say that Kyler Murray is a phenomenal football player and that if he had the opportunity to draft Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick, he would do so. Well, guess what, Kyle, guess what Kiff Kingsbury did this, this offseason, this winter? He got a job coaching for the team with the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's one thing to say those things, but it's one thing to walk into a franchise and, you know, trade the quarterback that they traded up number 10 to number 10 um, to draft last year in Josh Rosen, um, and they trade that quarterback away for, for – for a pennies on the dollar and a second round pick, which amounted to be a, a wide receiver, Andy Isabella. Uh, I, you know, I look at, you know, a, a coach coming in with that kind of conviction for a player um, and, and, you know, doing it and doing everything he can to then acquire that player. I can only imagine that Cliff Kingsbury is going to do everything in his power to make sure Kyler Murray is, is, uh, is successful. And, you know, to that point, you know, you know, notes out of, um, you know, Arizona are that Kyler Murray's playing well. Um, offense looks good. But, you know, one of the interesting things as to why Kyler Murray is so comfortable in this offense, um, one of the nuggets I found out is that uh, Cliff Kingsbury actually went back to Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma, and, and took some of the verbiage from the Oklahoma offense and is incorporating it into the new Arizona Cardinals offense. Um, so this is a play, this is these are plays that Kyler Murray is comfortable running. These are plays that he already knows. These are plays that he has to then teach to his teammates in in Larry Fitzgerald and, and um, Christian Kirk and, and all these other receivers. So you know I think Kyler Murray is comfortable in this offense and like you said with the rushing upside, I, I, I see nowhere but up for Kyler. Now. And uh, my breakout is somebody that I know you're gonna like, Greg. Um, my breakout is Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. Um, and, you know, I was doing some work and, you know, I was trying to figure out who I wanted my breakout to be. And, I'm, you know, I'm looking at guys like Kyler Murray and 
while I do believe Kyler Murray is going to be a breakout, I think next year, for me personally, right, like I've been saying it again and again, I don't subscribe to the notion of drafting quarterbacks highly. Um, so when I see Kyler Murray and his current ADP in the seventh round, I kind of think um, that's a little, I mean, personally, it's a little high, but I think it's warranted given everything that we just, we've just spoken about. Um, so when I see him breaking out, you know, is he going to enter the third round conversation? Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to see, right? But yeah, I would, have to, I would have to imagine he's coming off of some, some, um, some, some Pat Mahomes-like season if, if that's happening. Um, so I, I went a little bit deeper here, um, and I went to somebody, well, obviously Lamar Jackson, um, but Lamar Jackson's got an 11th round ADP. He's going as QB 15. Um, in 2018, Lamar Jackson, after week 10, when he became the full-time starter, averaged 79.4 rushing yards per game. That put him on pace for 1,271 rushing yards and eight and nine rushing touchdowns on a 16-game pace, right? And he's um he averaged 17 rushing rushing attempts and 20 20 almost 23 pass attempts per game. Um, and early reports out of camp were saying that John John Harbaugh, head coach for the Baltimore Ravens, said that if you were gonna bet on uh, Lamar Jackson breaking Cam Newton's uh, rushing record for or attempts for rushing attempts by a quarterback, that you should bet the over. Um, while he said that, Lamar Jackson himself doubted this by saying, I don't know. I've been, I don't know about that. I've been passing a lot lately. So this kind of makes me think, uh, you know, John Harbaugh is blowing some smoke. And I don't know how a lot of people have felt that Lamar Jackson maybe isn't the best passer. Um, but personally, I watched Lamar Jackson um, various times throughout his three years at Louisville. And if, even if you look at the numbers, I don't have them in front of me, but he got better every single year as a passer. Um, obviously, we knew what he was as a runner. Uh, we could see the dynamic ability he had, even thinking to, you know, the hurdles over people, you know, over players uh, from Syracuse, or, or even, um, you know, one of my favorite Lamar Jackson moments is if looking back at the game he played against Florida State, which had loaded talent all over the t all over the field you know, loaded with first-round picks like Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey. And Lamar Jackson was the best player on the field. Um, and, and, you know, obviously I understand this is the NFL, um, but I feel like last year the Lamar Jackson we saw was not the Lamar Jackson that, that we know that he's capable of being. I think the Ravens as a team were in a situation where they were, um, when they lost starting quarterback Joe Flacco, they were trying to make a playoff push. Uh, and so they needed to build an offense that Lamar Jackson could could run on on the run, no pun intended. Um, but I think that's why we saw you know such a conservative offense. That's why we saw a lot of this you know quarterback running. Um, but even if you if you consider if even if you want to you know play this game with with John Harbaugh that you know Lamar Jackson's going to run more than we've ever seen him run. Um, the OC for 2018. Uh, Ravens or the 2019 Ravens will be Greg Roman and Greg Roman actually coordinated the 2013 49ers offense that was led by uh, former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick that went on to win 12 games you know while uh, going to a Super Bowl and the 49ers that year actually had a 52 and a half percent run rate so a little bit more than 50 percent 
But if you look at when they were tied, um, that run rate actually goes down to 47%. So it shows a little bit more balance than, you know, than, than some people are anticipating. And even if you want to look at John, John Harbaugh, if you go back to Harbaugh's time um, you know, as, a, as a head coach of the Ravens, even since, if you go back as far as 2012, we can see that his teams average 60.3% uh, pass rate on average. Right, as opposed to last year where they were 51.8. So I would see, I would expect to see a, a, a more diversified offense. I would expect to see something a little bit more creative than what the Ravens are, are letting on. Um, I would expect to see an offense that spreads teams, spreads teams out and attacks defenses in all different areas of the field and it's speed at all different positions, uh, quarterback included. Uh, if you look at this offense and the things that they've done, um, I think that they've built an offense that is versatile. Um, it could almost be like a chameleon, almost like what the, the how people talk about the Patriots offenses, whether they morph into a run or a pass. But this is on a whole different level, um, you know, considering that the quarterback here is primary is, is one of your primary threats in the run game. Um, they've added bruises to the backfield with Mark Ingram. They've already have Gus Edwards back there. They have speed at running back now with fourth-round pick Justice Hill. Um, they've also added speed at receiver with Marquise Hollywood-Brown and Miles Boykin, both guys that run sub-4-4 in the 40-yard dash. And then one of my favorite guys this year, they have Mark Andrews, a tight end, who's stretching, who's stretching middle of defenses. So I think that we're going to see a, a more creative, balanced uh, Baltimore offense than, than most people think. Um, and with Lamar Jackson being the center of that, you know, being the center of that offense, um, I think he's a steal at his early round, 11th round. Uh, I think he's a steal at his early 11th round ADP, um, QB 15. I definitely expect him to outplay to outplay that. And even if we just look at um, his seven starts last year, his worst finishes were 13, 15, and 17. But in the other four finishes, he was 11, 12, 9, and 5. And I don't know if you remember, but Lamar Jackson didn't have that big, crazy uh, breakout game where he's running running for 100 yards and, um, and you know, r rushing for multiple touchdowns or throwing for multiple touchdowns. He, had, he didn't have a game like that yet. Um, but, you know, to get uh, – to be a, a QB1 more than 50% of the time uh, at, at a, an 11th-round pick, I think it's a steal all day long, right? Yeah, to have those numbers at QB1 – having the game plan that they had, uh, being heavy, uh, run dominant. The man takes pride in his uh, quarterback skills and his throwing. He really wants to prove to people out there that he is a, a, uh, has those prototypical quarterback skills at throwing the ball, anticipating defenses, reading defenses. So I got you got to see Lamar Jackson as a, as a great pick. Uh, at 11th round we're going right now, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson's a stud, man. He's super fast. He's got the swag. He's, he's the man you want. All right. So, um, so now we're going to move on to our bus. And it looks like you, you and I have the same person for our, for our bus, Greg. Um, and I just want to make it clear. When we say a bust, we're not saying that this person is going to suck. We're not saying that this person is, um, is going to have a bad season. We're simply just saying that this person is being overdrafted in comparison to where, to where we we think that they'll finish when the season's all said and done. Um, and I wanted to preface that statement because the person we're on the list right now is getting a lot of love, and rightfully so. The team's getting a lot of love. Um, but if you haven't figured it out right now, our quarterback bust is Baker Mayfield. And 
Um, like we said, this has nothing to do uh, with uh, this has this is nothing against Baker. I personally love him as a player. I think the Browns are going to do well as a team, um, and maybe not as well as some people think, but I think that they will be a playoff team. But my problem with Baker Mayfield is that he's currently being drafted in the middle to the end of the sixth round, which puts him as QB5. The only quarterbacks being drafted ahead of him are Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, and Aaron Rodgers. He's going ahead of guys like Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, and Drew Brees, just to name a few. Um, but, pers- but if you look at the numbers last year, um, and, and, you know, we talked about Lamar Jackson. You know, we're going to talk about another um, second-year quarterback on this list here. In a, um, not this particular list, but we'll talk about them in, in, a, in a little bit. But um, if you compare Baker Mayfield to the other quarterbacks that played last year, um, only Sam Darnold started more football games than Baker Mayfield, right? And Baker Mayfield, he finishes a top 12 quarterback just five times last year. Um, and he finished in the top five just twice, right? Um, and Lamar Jackson alone had four, he had four top 12 finishes and half the amount of starts. Right, seven starts to be exact. Right, so um, when I look at that and I look at the price, this, the price discrepancy between these two, um, it leads me to believe that Baker Mayfield is being overdrafted. Um, you know, to go in the to go in the sixth round of drafts, um, you know, where again running uh, running backs, wide receivers, maybe even tight ends. Some tight ends are going. Um, you know, being drafted as a QB five ahead of some guys um, that. You know, we we're both in agreement and are being under undervalued. Uh, I I just I have to pick Baker Mayfield here. What do you what do you say about that? Yeah, definitely. We're not gonna say yeah. As John was saying, he's gonna have a solid year. The man has too many weapons to not have one. Joku, Odell, Jarvis. Uh, we're just saying that he's around the way he's going right now. You can still get other guys at the running back position. Uh, you can tell me, or you can also just wait, wait in the QB, and you can. If you told me I can go get Jared Goff in round nine, uh, I would go for that. You know, he's actually in a better offense situation, statistically uh, speaking. And if you, I can wait to go get Jared Goff in the ninth round, or even a guy like Cam Newton in the ninth round over Baker, give me that all day. Yeah, I just want to reiterate this. This is no indictment on Baker. Um, there is a lot to love here. Uh, you got Freddie. You got Freddie Kitchens as the offense or the, as the head coach calling plays for the second year in the offense. Like you like you touched on the receivers, you got OBJ and Jarvis Landry. You got a running back in Nick Chubb. You got a tight end in David Njoku. It's a great situation, but I just don't see a top five finish, and I'm not willing to pay the six round price to find out. So you know, moving forward, um, I guess we'll go to sleepers now. Um, and Greg, you could you could guess my sleeper at quarterback is. I mean, I've been talking about the guy all off season. Um, you know, people think that you know you actually need a to be able to throw the ball accurately to uh, play the position of quarterback. I being one of them, but the position of quarterback in fantasy football is a little bit different here. So that's why I have Josh Allen as my sleeper here. Um, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback. He's currently his current ADP is a top of the 13th round. He's being he's being drafted as quarterback 20 in 12 team leagues, and yes, I understand he cannot accurately throw the football. That rushing, <laughs> right? My man started only 11 games last year. Um, you know, week one not included because he wasn't the starter, 
and he missed three games due to injury. But he was on pace um, in those 11 games for 2,900 passing yards, 15 passing touchdowns, with 880 rushing touchdowns with another 12, 12 rushing touchdowns, right? And one of the things, one of my favorite things about Josh Allen um, from a fantasy perspective is we talk about Pat Mahomes and that big bazooka of an arm he has. Well, Josh Allen probably has a stronger arm than Pat Mahomes. Um, might may not be documented, but um, if you talk to some scouts, they'll tell you that Josh Allen has had has the strongest when he was coming out had the strongest arm in the league um, compared to any quarterback that came out before him. Um, but one of my favorite stats stats I dug up on Josh Allen <clears throat> is uh, NFL Next Gen has uh, a list of uh, you know a, a variety of stats. Um, online, but one of them that they have that I like to look at is intended air yards. Um, and this basically tells you how many yards in the air does the ball travel when it leaves a quarterback's hands. Well, guess what, Greg? Josh Allen led the league in this metric last year with 11 intended air yards, right? That's a large amount, right? So not only are you getting this this rushing upside where your quarterback's running for 50, you know, averaging seven seven rushing yards rushing attempts, 55 rushing yards a game, but you're also getting this huge passing game upside. Um, and this is a player that averaged 0.9 passing touchdowns and 0.7 rushing touchdowns in his starts, right? So you add this big play passing upside to this big play rushing upside, um, and then you actually you also include the fact that this that makes for the greatest, or not the greatest, but it makes for a great uh, garbage time quarterback situation. If you've got a Josh Allen playing hero ball, trying to come back in games, throwing the ball down the field, trying to make plays outside the pocket with his legs, that's fantasy football points at its finest. And they're coming cheap with a 13th round ADP. Um, and then even if you look at the additions that the, the, the Bills have made, they've made an effort through free agency and the draft to upgrade their offensive line. Um, you know, handing out contracts to guys like Spencer Long and Mitch Morris or drafting a guy like Cody Ford in the top of the second round, they've invested into this offensive line. So they're trying to build around Josh Allen. And they've made additions at wide receiver, um, Cole Beasley being one of them. But the one I keep my eye on is, is John Smoke Brown. Um, you know, John Brown, receiver, uh, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals, who, um, who, who was with the Ravens last year. Um, he's he signed in Buffalo. I think it's on a one-year deal. Um, but this is a uh, you know John Brown. He's got speed to burn a receiver. Um, and this pairing of John Brown with Josh Allen it completely fits the play style here. Um, you know uh, I like Robert Foster still, um, but you know reports out of camp. You know every time you know you you see a, a Bills highlight is Josh Allen throwing deep to John Brown. Um, so that's a situation I I really like. And, I, and, you know, at the 13th round, I'm really going to take a piece of it. And my final nugget here on Josh Allen, this is a player that finished in the top five, five times last year. Again, he finished in the top five, five times last year in 11 games. And that was as the QB1, the QB2, and three times as the QB4. So he's got five, again, I love Baker Mayfield, but Josh Allen's got top five top five finishes as opposed to Baker Mayfield's five top 12 finishes in 14 games versus the 11 for Josh Allen. So, again, 
for me, it all comes down to price. And that 13th round price, I'm willing, I'm willing to slam that all day long. Can we draft them all so I can get Josh Allen? I think I just got <laughs> swayed a little bit about how Josh Allen's uh, impact and what he does on the fantasy football field. Uh, just moving on a little quickly, um, just some names that stand out to me as some sleepers. Cam Newton, his ADP right now in the ninth round, I was saying, being drafted as the QB 10. Uh, it's probably the lowest you'll probably see Cam entering a year. He's a guy that's finished QB1 in fantasy before. He's a dual-threat guy. Uh, you see that they want to have smarter decisions, uh, have get through smarter decisions with him uh, throughout the the year uh, with his legs and with his throwing. Yeah, just to just to piggyback off that, I think this kind of just goes back to my point as to why I don't like to invest early in court in the quarterback position um, because you know just like you said, Cam, a guy like Cam Newton. Um, you know, going as late as he's going, this is a guy with QB1 overall upside. Um, and again, this is a guy that could break out the Konami code at any time and run for almost, run for over 100 yards or, or have two or three rushing touchdowns in a game, right? So, um, you know, a guy like Cam Newton going after, again, guys, a guy like Baker Mayfield who's going around six, you know, I'm going to take Cam at that eighth round price all day long. Um, you know, and, and like you mentioned, Jimmy G, again, you know, he's going in, in round 12. And, you know, the 49ers, look at what they did as a team without Jimmy G last year with Nick, with a guy like Nick Mullins. Uh, the 49ers were actually one of the, the, the top, the, one of the leagues, that, one of the teams in the league that actually uh, made it to the red zone the most without scoring touchdowns. Um, so, you know, there's, 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 a, well, there's an opportunity for some, for some positive regression there in the touchdown department. And if you tell me that Jimmy G is now going to be taking those snaps at quarterback, I think that's an upgrade for the for the uh, 49ers offense. Um, another guy, some other guys that kind of stick out to me, just just looking at ADP. Um, you know, Mitch Trubisky with that 13th round ADP going uh, 21 overall. Again, I know that it is a, requir- a requirement in some states and countries to be able to throw the ball accurately to play quarterback. But fortunately for fantasy football, that is not this is not one of those these those situations. So Mitch Trubisky, please keep running the football. Uh, please keep you know getting rushing tu- uh, rushing touchdowns and, and opening up those opportunities, um, and helping me get fantasy points. Again, a guy like Dak Prescott who's going the 11th round as QB 17. This is a quarterback that's rushed for six touchdowns in each of his last three years as a starter. Um, so again, if uh, you know, with this Dallas situation, we're expecting Zeke Elliott to come back. I think that Dak Prescott is is someone that by the end of the year will outperform that uh, 11th round ADP. All right, Greg, uh, that wraps up the show for today. You know, next week, we, what do we have on store for the for the listeners? Greg? Thanks for checking in this week, podcasters. Next week, we got part two of our position of fantasy outlook for the season. We'll be talking about more about top threes. And get to those sleepers that I know you guys care about because a lot more drafts are happening, including mine this week. And I'm trying to win. I'm focused. I'm here ready. See you next time.